Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Church, good morning and welcome to the first service, the first worship time together of 2022. There is no place that we would rather be than right here in this house worshiping together as a church family. We're so glad that you are here. Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He's asking us, don't dwell on what last year held. Keep your eyes fixed on me, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the God of all that is good. Keep your eyes fixed on me as we go into this new year and this new season of life. And I've got you and I've got everything that you need. So church family, let's get ready. Let's start this new year off right and give him all the praise.
It is so good to see all of you here in the house of God this morning, the first worship service for our Heavenly Father in 2022. And here you are, there you are at home, staying out of the cold and the slippery streets and tuning in. And thank you so much for that. But we are so glad that each and every one of you here, may you have an incredible, blessed, prosperous, healthy, safe, and joy-filled, happy 2022 in the name of Jesus. We're expecting God to do great things. And we're gonna start this service off a little differently and we're gonna do it differently. Matter of fact, this whole month, we're gonna call it a, a workshop. And what I mean by that is we are gonna unpack truths of God's word into our lives. We'll take a minute to assess whether or not what we're being taught applies to our situation, our life or where we're at in this season. If so, we'll see how we can apply it to our life, what changes we can make, what we can do differently to be able to accomplish and to receive and have the kind of life that we wanna live in, uh, in this new year and to see that in the lives of our loved ones as well. Well, this morning I wanna read a passage of scripture that I want us all to agree with as we enter into this brand new year. It's from Romans chapter 12 and verse one. The Bible says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn and know God's will for you, which is good and it's pleasing and it's perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. That's us, that's the church right here. Many parts in one body, but we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. And if it's in giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be happy with those that are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Our Heavenly Father, we wanna just dedicate ourselves to you this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for being a great God who does great things. And Father, we want in on more great things in our life from you this year. I'm not saying that this year's not gonna have its challenges. We already know that it will. But Father, that doesn't have to dictate what kind of life we live as your children. 
You are our God. You are our Father. You can make all things happen according to your will for our life. You can open doors. You can close doors. You can bring about miracles in our situation that changes everything. One whisper, one glance, one involvement of you in our lives will overwhelm a lifetime of us striving on our own. So we're wanting to tuck really close into you, Jesus. We want to walk with you. No pretend, no fake. Father, we want, we want something real. And Father, all of us want to just ask you right now to please be with those people in Boulder, Colorado. All those that lost their homes right before Christmas, that fire that went through that area and destroyed and devastated so many. There are many families over there, many in which we know here in our church family that, Father, they need you. And we pray that you would supernaturally provide for them. Most of all, comfort them, wrap your arms around them, and, Father, walk them through this difficult time. And I pray, Father, that they would see the love of Jesus and others. They call upon you to be their Lord and Savior. This day forward, they would only get better and not get bitter. And we ask your blessings on them in a great way. Bless, Father, the people that are under the sound of my voice in this room and watching from home. Father, we pray this year would be an amazing year. And we, Father, we, we're giving ourselves to you. We're surrendering all of us. All of us. We're not holding anything back. We're yours. And we're thankful. We're making room for you.
Thank you.
good. You know, I was spending some time with the Lord this morning, and I feel a certain story really jumped out to me, and I feel led to share that with you. And it's quite simply, early in Jesus' ministry, uh, a leper just falls down at his feet, and he says, if, if you want to heal me, you, you, you can do it. And in that society, in that culture, like, you, you, don't, you don't touch a leper because you could get leprosy. It's this super contagious disease. Yet Jesus reaches out and touches him and heals him. And the thought kind of struck me this morning that like, yeah, like, like leprosy is this super contagious thing. And I think that the enemy is always trying to like infect us with something, whether it's fear or it's lies or it's guilt or it's shame or something like that. And yet Jesus, his touch is infectious too. His touch sows healing that's infectious that heals not just the, the circumstances in your life, but he even goes so far to heal the depth of your heart first and then everything else out from there. And I feel like whether you're at home or watching online or you're here in this room, that 
that God wants to just reach out and touch you this morning. He wants to heal something. He wants to sow that seed of there can be real change, there can be real hope, there can be real peace, there can be real love in your life. And he's willing. And so let's have the heart posture of just being at his, at his feet. And however he's gonna touch each and every one of us, like his individual, to our hearts. So all we have to say is, will you heal me? Will you touch me, God? So let's do that together. Jesus, we're here. We are here. And Lord, I pray, God, for every heart in this room, every heart that's listening, that you can see those hearts and what is in need of your touch. God, because as the enemy tries to infect us, there's nothing that stands against you. No weapon formed against you will stand. And so Jesus, in boldness, we fall at your feet knowing, God, that you won't reel back at the things that we've done in our life and the things that that are in front of our, our minds, that you will actually step forward and touch us. So Father, we ask you and we welcome you in to do that. Let your word sink deep into our own hearts first. And Father, through that touch, Jesus, through that touch, Holy Spirit, through that touch, God, we know and we have the faith that we'd be healed and changed, that what, who you are and what you do in our lives matters the most. So we declare your name is holy and we open our ears and we open our eyes, Jesus, to what you want to say to us, what you want to show us. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your heavenly name, amen. Oof. He's with us today. He is with us today. He's good. For those of you that are um, here in person with us, go ahead and say hello to somebody. Give them a high five, a happy new year, um, and then take your seats. For those of you that are tuning in with us, I know there's a lot of people out and about visiting family and things. Let us know where you're watching from. It's so great to see how far the reach of Fellowship Church has gotten. Um, And not just that, but Jesus reaching um, through this ministry. And so we'd love to know um, who's being impacted. So put your name in there, uh, where you're tuning in from. And I'd love to just extend a warm welcome from all of us here to you whether you're listening later this week or live with us right now. There is so much um, to a new year. It's just like all this excitement of like, oh no, my diet is starting now, you know, <laughs> that, that type of excitement. Um, but there's, there's a lot of uh, really cool stuff that, um, man, that God's doing in all of our personal lives. And I think that this is also a season where uh, we see people that are like, you know what, I'm going to start coming back to church. I'm going to start coming again. Um, and so for those of you that are visitors that are here uh, for the first time, I'd love to be able to welcome you. Um, and for those of you that are at home, I'd love to welcome you if this is your first time attending with us at all. Now, um, if it's your first time or you just want to learn a little bit more, you're like ready to take a step into maybe serving or seeing what small groups we have, things like that, uh, go ahead and get your phone out and text the word fellowship to 94,000. Um, if you're new, you can get a link where it says the new to fellowship and then you get an invitation to our guest reception, which has happened soon, as well as um, just get in contact with us as a staff throughout the week. We love being able to meet new people. Um, it's just so, so awesome to see all of that. For those of you that are in person with us in our brand new stop by the visitor center and uh, get a little gift bag, a free specialty drink from our bookstore. Just got a little information card so that we can connect with you throughout the week as well. 
We're going to continue our uh, awesome worship of, man, how good God is with the giving of tithes and offerings. There's a lot of different ways that you can give uh, here. You can do the Church Center app, which is probably the easiest. You can text to give. If you're here in person with us, you can also uh, give in the lobby with the boxes or drop by throughout the week and uh, drop your tithe. And it's awesome to be able to see you and say hi as well. Um, This season right now, we have... uh, my wife is so awesome. I love her so much. And she just makes us look cute. I have to say the word cute. Um, because she gets us all matching sets of PJs, like pajamas, okay? Dad included, all right? Um, my son, who is three, is just figuring out how buttons work. And he, like, we, he will not let us help him. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. Uh, and it's so funny because, you know, like that first button really matters a lot on a button-up. Because you get the first button wrong, everything's off, right? Nothing else comes together. Uh, And he's so funny because he thinks he did a good job, and it's like really off. (laughs) You know, and you have to just say, good job, buddy, good job. Um, But I think that it kind of goes into our finances as well. Like, if we don't get that first thing right, man, sometimes everything else just comes off kilter and feels a little little bit off. And I think that when the Bible talks about giving the first fruits to God, that first, that first thing, that first investment, the first thing that you get in, if you give that 10% to God, it seems like everything else just works out so much better because that's how God's um, promises and how everything lines up for him. And so um, I would encourage you with that, that as uh, whenever you get something, that first fruit is so important to God because it is so special to him. We don't want to give him the, the, the leftover seconds of like a really off kilter um, month. So for those of you that are in financial need, I'd love to be able to pray a prayer of blessing over you as well as um, just get into a spot where we're um, just coming and bringing our hearts um, to God and all of that. So Jesus, thank you so much, God, for who you are. Lord, we love you. And God, we praise you. Jesus, I pray that for every single person here um, that's just in need of a financial breakthrough, I pray that you can come through for them. For all of the offerings that are coming in, I pray that you can bless them, God. And we're just so grateful for who you are and what you're doing. So Lord, I pray and I thank you, Jesus, for all of the, um, the good, everything that's good and perfect comes from you. And we are grateful for that. In your heavenly name, amen. All right, there's New Year's. So there's a lot of things going on here at the church. Here are a few of them. Happy New Year and happy 2022. We are so excited that you have joined us in this new year and in this new season. With new seasons comes new opportunity. And if you are passionate about worship and you would like to serve, choir is the perfect place for you. We are going to be having an all choir meeting on January 9th in between services in the chapel. I'll post this event on the Church Center app so you can get the details if you forget. But please join us if you've been a part of the choir in the past, if you're currently a part of the choir now, or if you're interested in joining us, we would love to have you join our worship family. Sign up on the Church Center app and join us on January 9th in the chapel in between services. Our vision and mission here at Fellowship Church is to connect the unconnected to Jesus Christ and together grow in full devotion to Him. And a perfect way to find out more about us, see what ministries are available, is to come to our guest reception. We will be holding that on January 16th in between services. We'll sign up for a continental breakfast on our church center app. And we would love to see you there. Invite your family and we want to give you a tour of the building just to make you more comfortable here and connect you here at Fellowship Church. Jesus gave us some instructions when after he was resurrected. It says in Matthew 28, 
Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So if you're new to your faith and you haven't taken the step of baptism, this is the next step. Jesus commands it. It is a wonderful experience. Please sign up on the Church Center app. Invite your whole family for this amazing celebration of your walk with Christ. We are going to be kicking into a new round of Rooted starting January 30th. This runs every Sunday for at least 10 weeks, starting at 9 a.m. and going through 10.30. We want all of the people to be involved to be able to attend the 11 o'clock service afterwards, but the cost for this course is $25. That includes the workbook, a pen, and there's snacks and coffee for every session that you meet. And if you're looking for a way to truly grow in your faith with God, to grow in community here at Fellowship Church, and to grow in what your purpose is here on earth, This is the perfect course for you. So check it out on the Church Center app. Okay, guys, today is going to be an amazing service. Let God speak into your life right now. all kinds of pastors, all of them. I mean, when you look at the variety of pastors we have on our staff, you go, man, that's a, there's a lot of different talent, a lot of things people bring to the table. It's true when it comes to pastors in different churches as well. It's kind of like if I could use medical doctors to kind of illustrate this. Do you ever notice that sometimes you go to the doctor and they will send you to a specialist? And there are doctors who have higher education or they have personal disciplines in the area of their studies when it comes to maybe specializing in the brain or in uh, muscle tissue or in um, uh, the blood flow or in cancer or in the lungs or in the heart. So if you go to your doctor and you have one of these areas where you need somebody that has a little more knowledge, a little more information, and has worked in it with more expertise, you are sent to a specialist. Well, there are pastors that are specialists. They have a, a bent toward or a, a, a demeanor that causes them to be able to go toward a certain area of Bible reading and Bible teaching. For instance, you have pastors that specialize in creation from the book of Genesis versus evolution. And so there are those who love to debate with scientists using uh, evolution facts and using their own data against their own data to prove the inconsistencies that evolutionists have shared with us over the years, all of the changes that take place and all the changes they make. And then you have pastors who hold right to the Genesis account of creation saying this is how the earth was made. It is not 60 billion years old. It is 6,000 years old according to the scripture. And they love that. They study that and they research it and they love to share it. So you have those pastors who specialize in creation versus evolution. Then you have those who specialize in end times. Now, this is a fascinating study. Those that will, that will work, they'll, they'll study, they'll get higher education when it comes to prophecy and scripture and where they can find all these verses and how they love to share them with other people. And they are in time specialists. And then you have deliverance pastors. I like to call deliverance pastors surgeons. 
They will go into the life of an individual and they will cut out a demonic cancer kind of a thing that needs to be addressed. Doesn't mean that all their problems are gonna be solved after that particular uh, meeting takes place, but they are specialists and they have studied quite a lot on the area of deliverance. And then some pastors specialize in mission trips. They love taking their, their church members to different parts of the world and, and do mission work in those different parts. That's great. Other pastors' life, uh, family life issues. They love that, raising children. And, and these pastors stay in tune with what's going on today. For instance, it doesn't matter how I tell you how I raised my children way back in the day. This is a day and age that is way different than that culture. Somebody, the Bible even refers to these pastors in 2 Chronicles, I believe, chapter 5, as men that knew the times and therefore knew what that should happen and people should do during those cultures, during those times. So some in pastors specialize in family or raising children or blended families or even the area of adoption. And then you have pastors who specialize and love politics. I've got one of these friends of mine over in Colorado Springs, a good buddy of mine called, named Mark, and he'll call me every once in a while. He'll tell me things that are going on. Hooper, you know what's going on over there in Grand Junction, man? We got some pastors over there. We're gonna come over and have a prayer meeting. And, and man, he knows everything. He knows everything Colorado politics. And he will keep me informed. He will send me text messages and, about everything that's happening. And he just loves that world. I am what you call a general practitioner pastor, <laughs> not a specialist. My number one objective is to keep you and your loved ones alive forever by introducing you to our heavenly father through his son, Jesus Christ, that you might have the Holy Spirit living in your life and doing life in the spirit and letting Jesus live his life through your life. That is what I do. I am a general practitioner pastor. And once you have a home forever in heaven, then I want to focus on your quality of life, your quality in your marriage and in your family and, and in your business and your happiness and your joy. I want to share with you things from the Bible that would just make your life better. And for 45 years now, I have focused in on and stayed focused and connected with that calling of just dealing with two questions. Where are you going when you leave here? Because you're leaving here one day. And how are you going to live the life that you have left? Now, I almost got sidetracked from this two years ago when politics was just going crazy and so much was on the news. I almost got pulled into that and got away from my original calling, but I have been able to stay just attached to that particular uh, general practitioner pa uh, pastor world for, for now some 45 years. And this month, I want to do a little general practitioner pastor work in your life, a little workshop for us to be able to see how life is going. And first of all, if it's gonna go good, I gotta ask you this question, are you saved? Do you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him to come into your heart and to save you? Is his life living through you? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you experienced some of the gifts that God gives you, the advantages to doing life in this world against the enemy? Are you saved? Now, if your answer is yes, put your hands together for me. Would you please just put your hands together? Okay, okay. 
If you're, if you're at home, put in the chat, yes, I'm saved, I'm saved, okay, good. Now here's the second question. How's your life going? And you say, well, it could be better. Okay, well, here, here's what I wanna tell you. Whether you are saved or whether you're not saved, if you wanna have a good life, you cannot have a bad personality. If you wanna have a good life, you cannot have bad personality issues. And that is what we're gonna be dealing with as we roll into 22. Let me pray. Father God, we love you with all our heart. And I wanna ask that you would use me. I wanna teach well. Please help me with my memory. Please help me to recall the things you want me to say. Help me, Father, to just flow in your spirit and to communicate to these people who we love so very much because we all wanna have a better year. We got some issues in our life, some personality flaws, maybe some areas that we don't see. I pray, Father, that you would gently show us them this morning, this month, and I pray that we deal with them, that we might be able to live the best life we can live till we get to heaven. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So here's the question on the table. Do you have personality flaws? If you don't, get up, walk on out of here because this is not for you, all right? But I think the rest of us are gonna hang on in here. Here we go. It is in Exodus chapter 18, our attention this morning. The next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening, and when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Now, that is a great question for all of us to ask ourselves as we do a personal audit going into a brand new year. Is what I'm doing, are the things that I'm trying to accomplish on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, on an annual, are they getting me to where I want to get in this life? If I am a single person and I haven't had a date or a prospect of a date in six years and I want to be married, or is anything different going on in your life going into this first part of this new year that's going to make what you've experienced in the past different. All of us have heard the principle called the 80-20 principle where 80% uh, of what we do only accomplishes about 20% of what we hope for. And then 20% of, we we, of what we do is, is important enough to accomplish 80% of what we see happening around us. So the, the question is, how much shouldn't we take more of that 80% time Put it toward the 20, expand it to get a better result. So this is the question that Jethro's asking Moses. Are you really accomplishing anything by meeting with these people from early morning until late at night? In other words, is this for them or is this about you? He goes on to say, why are you trying to do all these things alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? And Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. And Moses, the father-in-law, just says what everybody else is thinking. This isn't good. And it's not just not good for you. He says in verse 18, it's, it's not good for the people. There are a number of words that can be used to describe the fruit of God's involvement in the life of his children. Words like justification, sanctification, redemption, and regeneration. 
For the purpose of our teaching this month, there is another word, a very simple word that I want to submit for your consideration of what takes place when you have God involved in the lives of his children, and that is that simple word, better. God specializes in making your life better. Look at the side screen. Wherever there is divine involvement, there will ultimately be automatic improvement. When God gets involved and where God gets involved, it has to become better. Now, it may not initially look better. It may not initially feel better. It may not initially seem better. But God's involvement means it is going to get better. And if it isn't better yet and God is involved in it, then God is simply not finished with the product. When God takes hold of a mind, that mind gets better. When God involves himself into the heart of an individual, the emotions of an individual, that heart of that person and that person's emotional health gets better. When God is involved in your relationships, uh, your dating relationships or your marriage relationships or your home relationship, uh, that those relationships get better. If you involve God into your business and start your day, maybe as a business owner with a couple of other people and worship music and you get down on your knees at the front door before a customer, ever enters into that place and you pray and you involve God into your business, into your finances, into your life, everything you involve God in gets better. Because if God gets involved with it, there will be improvement in it. I love that about him. The fact that he cares about improving the life of his children because he could simply say, guys, hey, heaven's amazing. You're going to be here soon. But until then, your life's pretty much going to be awful. And if I let it be awful, then you're going to appreciate my heaven even that much more. But God doesn't take that attitude with us. He loves us so much that before we get there, he wants this life, your marriage, your business, your work, your finances, your joy, your happiness to be improved and to get better. Yes, heaven is a wonderful place, but God is committed to improving our lives until we get there. And although this is his intention, it is not always experienced by everyone going forward who knows him. So since it is impossible for God to be involved in something that doesn't get better, some of the responsibility of our life being wonderful in 2022 falls back on us because God has always done his part and he always will do his part. So, so the problem cannot lie on, on his lap. The Bible says that Jesus saves our soul, but listen to this. As we go forward to living a better life, it is his word that saves our mind and rescues our emotions. Jesus saved your soul, but going forward, it will be his word and following the instructions of his word that saves your mind and rescues your emotions over and over again. Because even though we love the Lord, even though we come to a house of God and worship, even though we have been filled by the Holy Spirit, we still have some old stuff that we're dealing with. We're still dealing with past ways of thinking that never did work and that won't work into the future. We're still dealing with generational curses that we, we have that are passed down one generation to the next. We still deal with family dysfunctions that we didn't even know was a dysfunction until we got older. 
We're still dealing with demonic attacks in our lives simply because we are children of God. We're all dealing with different personality quirks that we picked up here, we picked up there, and we're all dealing with default go-to addictions. I had one. When I was a young father, I had an addiction to candy. I had an insatiable appetite for sweets. Now I blame this appetite and I blame this addiction on my children because my children love candy. And because I wanted to be a good father, I felt like that I needed to keep a drawer full of candy at my office. And I'm talking about the good stuff too. I'm talking about Butterfingers. I'm talking about, I'm talking about sugar babies. I'm talking about sugar daddies. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Boston baked beans. All the younger generation in here are saying, that's a canned good, that's not a candy. <laughs> Let me go old school on you for a minute, see who's with me, Chico sticks. All right, come on, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I can see my addicted brothers in here right now. Here was my assessment about the problem and that was my appetite for candy had to be sociological. It was passed down by my mom. My mom died at 86 years of age, but her entire life, she loved sweets. She had an addiction to candy. And then because my candy love and addiction started with being sociological, it then turned in, because of the addictive natures of sugar, to being physiological. Meaning that I saw it, I wanted it, I ate it, and then my body had to have it. And because that was all I knew growing up, that dysfunction became normal behavior for me as a young dad. Until one day, my wife came to my office. She sat down at my desk. She was looking for something and pulled open the drawer at the bottom that was filled with candy. And then my wife, who uncovered a blind spot in my life, by blindsiding my blind spot, by releasing these five words into the atmosphere in my life. She said, you have got a problem. I was not aware that I had a problem, but then I was. Well, what if I told you that you could have a problem too? And it may not be Almond Joys, which are kind of nasty, it might be Reese's Pieces. What I'm talking about is, is it possible that you might be addicted to the approval of people? Now, I know what some of you are saying. You're saying, come on, that's a stretch. Addicted to approval, come on, not me. I could care less what people think about me. Well, okay, let's just take a look at it. And when I use the word addicted, I'm not talking about it in a literal sense. I'm talking about it metaphorically. Because approval can have the same impact on some people that addiction to other things have on other people. Because some people get high off of the approval of other people. Some people's self-worth is tied and tethered to how someone else feels about you. And subconsciously, what I feel about me is based on what you feel about me. And if the way you feel about me differs from the way I feel about me, pretty soon I'm feeling about me the way that you're feeling about me. 
And the Bible teaches us that as a child of God, your work, dear child of God, can never be tied to the opinion of another person on this planet. No one in this life should ever be given the power over you to decide your worth and decide how you're gonna feel about yourself. You who are in this life uh, decide, has been decided by our Heavenly Father who knit you together in your mother's womb exactly who you were, what you are, what you are worth, how you're supposed to live your life, and that is not to be handed from the Creator God who made you over to an ex-boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend, an ex-wife, no matter what she said, an ex-husband, no matter what he said, no one else, a boss, a co-worker, a friend, a family member, a church member, no one can speak into your life, your worth, but your heavenly father. And when you settle that, you do life differently. It has been said for a long time that a man can never lead people that he needs. And you know why? Because if I need you, I will never be honest with you, and I will never, I, I, therefore I can't lead you. If I'm going to tell you what you want to hear so that you'll like me, how is that leading you? That is a dysfunctional relationship in which we spin in circles just bragging on each other. If we are gonna move forward in life, we have got to know who we are as a child of God. You have got to know who you are as a woman. You have got to know who you are as a wife. Do you know the Bible says that a man who finds, and I'm just running off on rabbit trails right now, but the Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. But do you notice that God did not say a man who finds a woman finds a good thing? And do you want to know what, what the difference is? There is a difference between a woman who is a wife and a woman who is just a woman. Are you with me? Who defines that for you? God does. Not a boyfriend, not an ex, not another person, not somebody you're trying to get affirmation from. It's our Heavenly Father that does those things. It is God that gives us our worth. It is God that created us, that knit us together. Now wait, we all want people to like us so, don't we? Well, sure we do. And for the right reasons, an emotionally healthy person cares and desires for, to be liked by others, but you can't keep you, your life on a roller coaster based on whether or not another person cares for you or doesn't care for you. Well, where then does this approval addiction come from? Approval addiction comes from an infection from past rejections. Approval addiction comes from comes from infections from past rejections. Many people think uh, just because they have a great personality type or because uh, uh, they're spiritually strong that they're never gonna deal with approval addiction. Well, allow me to introduce to you for your consideration a case study this morning. I don't know how far we'll get. A man, the legend, by the name of Moses. Here he is doing something, engaged in an activity that seems admirable. People coming up to him from morning till night. He's uh, dealing with their problems. He's talking to them. He's giving them his time, his attention. And he's doing this all day, every day. If you have an argument, come to me, Moses said. Something you need to settle, come talk to me. If you have a question, hey, you're in luck. I'm taking questions today. And upon first glance, most Christians would say what Moses was doing was commendable. This is what Christians ought to be doing. Then someone on the outside, an older minister, somebody who had been around, a father-in-law offers a question 
and some corrective advice. Moses, what you are doing is not good. Because here's the question. Is you're trying to be all things to all people so that they feel good and so that you feel good about them feeling good about you. Are you, oh. Are you trying to be all things to all people, overwhelming yourself, overcommitting yourself, wasting a whole lot of your life, trying to be all things to all people, not necessarily for them, but so that they won't stop liking you? Does that not sound more like a prison? You see, Moses was not weak emotionally. Moses was a man's man. Moses killed a man with his bare hands. He was accomplished. Moses was busy. He was booked. But the grind wasn't an indication. The grind was an indication of an infection from rejection in his past. What's impressive is not the grind. What's impressive is, can you stop? And if you can't stop, then it bears you giving a little attention to why is it that you are uncomfortable just sitting down with you. Ooh, this is going to be a good month, (laughs) y'all. Moses' whole life, the history of his life was he was filled with rejection. He was born in a time when genocide was taking place among Hebrew boys and they were being killed. He was then sent down a river in a basket He was raised in a palace as a prince of Egypt, Hebrew in in, in nationality, but raised an Egyptian, but he was not embraced by the Hebrews and he was not embraced by the Egyptians. He was stuck right in the middle, rejected by both. He ends up killing an Egyptian and instead of stepping back, and and by the way, he was a prince. This this Egyptian was beating a Hebrew person. You, well, and he killed him. Well, he stopped it. That's great. But he was a prince. He could have said, Stop it. He didn't have to take it further than that, but he did. What's that about? He kills an Egyptian instead of stepping back and acknowledging he hides the evidence. Later, the Bible says he, he's up here on the mountain with God. Now imagine this, God etches into stone the Ten Commandments. He's gonna bring them back to the people. And, 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 and right before he, when he does that, he gets all ticked off at the people. And, 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 and what does he do with the stones? He throws them down. You went up on the mountain to get the stones. Couldn't you have laid the stones down, picked up the golden calf and threw it? Where's that coming from? More anger showing up. Angry outburst. He kills, he throws down the tablet. Later, uh, he's, he, God's talking to him. The people need water. And, he, and, he, and, he, and the Bible says God tells him to, to speak to the stone. What did what Moses do? Moses took a stick and he hit the stone, hit it twice. And then as a result of that, he wasn't able to go on into his destination. Now, later, later we see that over and over again, Moses has these issues coming out of his life, watch this, because of past rejections that leads to approval addiction. And look on the side screen where there is approval addiction, there is always passive aggression. Oh, I just have to tell you, you do not want to miss the teaching this month. Next Sunday, see y'all. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. 
The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I'll ask you now to be my savior, to be my guide, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer request by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.